Probiotics can be an important part of your daily routine, and they certainly are a part of mine, but sometimes they are a hassle to take. Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls are just what they sound like, adorable little pearls that couldn't be easier to take. They're tiny, but still pack a punch, supporting both digestive and vaginal health. To learn more, visit naturesway.com slash pearls and use code CHELSEA10 at checkout for 10% off any Pearl's probiotics. Terms and conditions apply, valid through July 31st. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond, but at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hi. Hi, Catherine. Oh, hi, Chelsea. Hi. I still have deep throat voice. Oh, my gosh. Chelsea, where are you now? Well, I just did a road trip Mm -hmm. with my new dog, Mochi, who's a five-year-old chow. I saw a picture of him, and he is pretty much the cutest thing I've ever seen. He's a big, fat baby. He's (laughs) 70 pounds, so it's exactly my body type. And I took him and Bernice, and he had never flown before, so his family didn't want him anymore because they had a baby or something. So I had to pick him up. And he had never been on a plane, so I didn't want to freak him out because, yeah. you know, like, and fly him up to Whistler. But no one in my family thought I could do it. Everyone's like, do not go on a road trip from L.A. to Whistler, Chelsea. <laughs> like you, and By yourself. So with Vernice and Mochi meeting for the first time and then in a car together for, I mean, two days, basically. Oh I went through to San Francisco. I stayed with my sister one night. And then my friend Kelly from Whistler was like, let me come down and meet you. You're not competent enough to drive yourself to Whistler (laughs) and I was like no because all I wanted to do was be alone and Mm -hmm. bond with my dogs but you can't really bond with a new dog when you're driving right Bernice is is a good girl and I I was gonna leave her behind this winter because Mabel she's happy at Mabel's and she's got Felix her boyfriend who's our dog guy at the house but she's just been looking so cute lately. I just couldn't bear her. This might be her last year with us. Mm, she's Because yeah. she's older, but she's so cute. She's really scrumptious. So I had to take her. I had to take her. And if she doesn't, I'm going to stay until I have to host the Critics' Choice Awards. Oh, by the way, I just announced new dates in Australia, everybody, and New Zealand. So take a look at those on ChelseaHandler.com. And I am coming to Salt Lake City. There are tickets for that. And all my Canadian dates are this winter. So, you know, follow me. And you'll find out. Anyway, Bernice is... She's a good traveler? She is, actually. Good. She doesn't want any trouble. She's just, like, wants to mind her business. <laughs> and she's good with other dogs. Yeah. Like, she she gets annoyed if they, like, you know, come, like, bother her. But mm-hmm. she's good. Yeah. So I have a new family, and we'll see how long... And, oh, what I was saying is, if it doesn't work out, like, with Bernice doesn't like Whistler, and she's not into the snow, there's not a lot of snow here yet, mm-hmm. then I will take her back in January when I come back from yeah. the Critics' Choice. Yeah. And But Mochi's going to stay with me. And they'll keep each other company when I'm skiing and doing my bad parenting. Exactly. They can be each other's pack. Well, Chelsea, I know you usually do family stuff for the holidays. Is there anything you're looking forward to? Oh, you know what's happening this year? I'm moving out of my house (laughs) so I can move into a bigger house that I had to rent for my family. So that's what I'm doing. Your new house that just got finished? Or no, your house in Whistler? No, 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 because that's never going to be finished. (laughs) That's in L.A. I just saw that house. 
and it's still not done. Just bare although bones. it's going to be gorgeous, uh, just in time for me to move to New York City. Excellent. <laughs> but uh, I've already lost interest in that house. It's taken so long. Anytime anything Truly. takes long, I can't. I've I've lost interest. I don't care. Well, it's hard to be like have the same passion for something that you had three years yeah, ago. Yeah, I bought that. I, I ordered the floors for that house two years ago. That is truly Two years nuts. ago. So obviously, like, but Carla is staying back, and she is battening down the hatches. If oh, you good. Will. She's good. whipping everyone into shape. So there's been more yeah. progress. Progress, I'm saying, because I'm saying it like that now because I'm in Canada. <laughs> and there's been more progress since she's been staying behind. So that's been helpful. Good. Yeah, I think she'll whip everybody into shape and mm. get shit done. So my family arrives momentarily, um, you know, in a couple days. And then we have a house for a week. Mm-hmm. And then they leave. And then I have like three weeks off before my next date in Vancouver or Kelowna or Edmonton, wherever the hell I'm going next. Amazing. One it of sounds like places. you need it. Yeah, it sounds like I do need it. You I do like need it. Get into bed and then like not move for at least a week of that. I know. I, yeah. that's, I can't wait. I need sleep. And skis. And skis. Skis will rejuvenate me. <laughs> Today is our holiday episode, Chelsea. Okay. Oh, which holiday are we celebrating? We're celebrating all of them, Okay, actually. great. Kwanzaa, Christmas. All the things. Hanukkah. Hanukkah. We have some holiday-themed questions, some callers, talking about the new year. Okay, great. Yes. So my 15-year-old nephew, and I'm not sure if anyone else in my family realizes what he has asked for, And he's, like, not into drugs, whatever, but he asked for a book on finding psilocybin mushrooms in the forest. You know, that the mushroom guy, Paul Stamets, he asked for a book from him. And I was like, I told my sister, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get that for him, thinking she didn't know what it was. And she's like, oh, no, grandma's going to get that for him. So he wants a psilocybin book. And... Everyone's fine. I think with that's it, I guess. fine. Who cares? I mean, <laughs> let everybody. The more educated people are about drugs, the better. I kind of agree. Right? And I said I would like to supplement that with "How to Change Your Mind." Yeah, that's a good book, right? Which is by Michael, Michael Pollan. Michael Pollan. Yeah, by Michael Pollan. And then my sister was like, "No, wait till he's twenty. I'm like, "But it's not something that makes you want to do drugs." No, it's no, like, just everybody. No, exactly. It's good to be educated. Also, mm-hmm. uh, that's what I gave to everybody this Christmas. I gave everybody two books. That's what I sent oh, out for Christmas good. gifts: "The Great Alone" and "Atomic Habits." Ooh, fantastic! Two I very different read... books. Yeah. So that, yeah, that, that's my gift to everyone. I'm just only giving books out from now on. Yeah, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. I'm still reading tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. But I mean, I'm just not that interested in that book, even though everyone else loves it so much. Oh, see, I started. It and I'm very into it. Really? What's oh, so yeah. interesting about it? You know what? I because I, I knew you said this a couple weeks ago, and I I've never taken it's never taken me longer to read a book, but that's also really? I'm writing my book. So I'm writing a book, yeah. so my focus is really there, and then in between I read. Yeah. I feel like it reads a little like a John Irving book where it's really just about the character development and sort of their interaction. I don't know. I like it. But it's about gaming. It's it's all about gaming. Everyone kept saying it's not that. Don't worry. It's not about gaming. It's all about gaming. Yeah. I'm only about a quarter of the way through, but like it's sort of about, I don't know. I feel like it's about games as informs their relationship. That's what I'm getting from. But I'm also only a quarter of the way through. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how far I am. I don't think I'm more than halfway through either. But I guess I'll finish it. Well, that's on everyone else's year-end list, but we'll not put it on your year-end list no, for recommendations. No, 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 no. Yeah, but The Great Alone I will always recommend. And Cirque. Yeah. Cirque by Madeline yeah, Miller. Yeah, you love that I one. I love that book. I'm going to read that again. I haven't read it. I picked it up in a bookstore the other day, and I just I read a few pages, and I didn't know if like the prose was for me, but I don't know. Maybe I should give it a try. 
Oh, the, start from the beginning. Yeah, it's you got to get into it. That's like a fantasy book. Yeah, Greek mythology. Yeah. But I'm not into that either. But I loved it. I love the <laughs> use. Her just her writing is so powerful. Like yeah. she just knows how to finish a sentence or um, write a sentence. Speaking of year end lists, are there any like movies, TV, books that you experience this year that you love and want to recommend? Well. Mm, I need to watch all those movies for the Critics' Choice Awards. I haven't mm. seen any of the movies yet. I only saw My- Maestro. Um, yeah? Yeah, I saw that at a friend's house because she was screening it, and that was uh, really good. That uh, who, Carrie Mulligan is mm-hmm. fucking awesome. She is and just Sarah a treasure. Sarah Silverman's in it. Yes, she is. Yeah, she's in it, and she's so good, too. I, I love a period piece, Sarah Silverman. Like, she was in Masters of Sex and, like, dressed all 1950s Ooh, and cute. Yeah, yeah, she does some good movie choices. Yeah, she's fantastic. Fantastic. Um, I did watch May December, which is how is that? I've heard mixed reviews about that. It's very camp, but it's really interesting. And I think like it's very interesting to watch from like an acting standpoint. And the story is really good. It's a lot about manipulation. It's interesting too because you have all these like incredible actors, and yet the music is almost like TV movie music. Like it's very dun 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 dun, and it's a very yeah. Specific I heard that choice. the music is off. That's what they said that it doesn't add up to the movie. Is yeah, that- but see, I I loved that choice because there's sort of like a revelation at the end. You understand why they sort of made that sort of cheesy choice, mm. but the acting is incredible. The story is really good. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of manipulation. You kind of like power dynamics shifting, mm-hmm. and it's really cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Well, I've been watching a lot of TV, but I can't even remember what I'm watching. I, I'm watching The Gilded Age. That's <gasps> what I'm watching. I love it. I haven't seen the second season yet, but... I, I don't even know what I'm watching half the time. I mean, I just don't <laughs> just even... put it on. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm paying attention. Sometimes I'm not. When I came home from my last date in Ottawa, which was so fun, Toronto mm-hmm. crowds were so awesome. Otta was uh, was so awesome. I landed on a Sunday, went out thinking I was dying on the Sunday. Dying. I was like, oh my God, no, I was so sick. And I had two Christmas things to go to. And I was like, I, I kept trying to get out of both of them. I ended up getting home at 2, 2 a.m. Oh no. Sunday night at 2 a.m. Nope. This is last week. Then Monday I had another thing. I had a goop thing for Gwyneth and then I had another thing. And then we went out to dinner, and I and I went out again. And then it's just it's, it was nonstop. You gotta give yourself a bedtime. Girl. I know. I don't know what I think I'm doing anymore. I'm uh, like I think I'm 30, 30 years old, and I'm not thirty years old. And I need like things. I need to, I need like a pump of adrenaline or something. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but like, you know, what I need gives a that? shot of energy. <laughs> The the best thing to give you that is I need just an like a eight good ball night's is rest. what I need. I need an eight ball. <laughs> Who has an eight ball? No, you know what? You got to do the suburban speed ball, which is like your first drink is an espresso martini, and then you do something else. By the after way, that. espresso martinis fucking work. They wake <laughs> sure you up. Do. They wake you up, and then you have a buzz. And like, then you get hammered. It's great. Uh huh. You can't do too many of them. No, because then you'll be up all night, or your heart could explode. Like these people who drank these extreme lemonades. Have you heard about this? No. Yes, at this particular fast food chain. I'm not going to say which one, but two people have died after drinking these caffeinated lemonades. Is it like a Red Bull? It's like a Red Bull. So they had a heart attack? Yep. He had a heart attack and died. Two people have died after drinking these. Well, did they take, did they recall them? No, I don't think yet. I don't think they've done it yet. We don't know if that was what caused it, but they died. Doesn't sound like a positive situation. No, it's crazy. Anyway, don't drink over-caffeinated drinks, everybody. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, should we go to some callers? I yeah. also have some follow-ups. Okay. So, Chelsea, you know we have our NYC girls who are child-free and have been chatting, and I've been 
putting them all together. They started like a WhatsApp group and they're all chatting. Well, they got together for the first time and we got a really sweet email oh, from that's them. Cute. I love it. Yes. And Courtney was the one who sent this in. She said, thank you so much for taking the time to connect this group of women. And it was so energizing to meet for brunch in NYC this past weekend. Turns out we all feel like black sheep, oftentimes for more reasons than just choosing to be child-free or single. We're all independent and successful in our own right. Some have partners and others are struggling in the dating scene. We're often the ones paving various paths away from the norms we come from, and uniting for brunch today felt like a new home. It's so refreshing to have a community that we rather seamlessly fit into, and we all thank you and Chelsea for uniting us via her podcast. That meeting launched plans to travel, to play sports, have trivia nights, to help promote each other and our businesses, to drink and eat together from here. Thank you and happy holidays. Love the NYC Child Free Crew you've united. P.S. The table behind us had maybe 20 people, at least half were toddlers, and of course, this was a total shit show. We couldn't help but realize the sheer comedy of it all. No regrets. How sweet. Oh, wow. I know. Look at these fabulous women. Oh, my God. I know. That's so cool. Very happy for them. There have been a couple ladies who've reached out about Chicago, so Chicago, if you want to start a group, let me know. And then I have one other. This feels like a fun holiday surprise, even though it's not exactly holiday. But Brooke had written in way back on our Jamie Greenberg app, and she was struggling with infertility and looking for ways to be positive. So you and Jamie gave her some really good advice. She says, you're Chelsea. I wanted to thank you for taking the time to chat with me, offer advice, and let me share the story of my miscarriage. It was so helpful to hear the perspectives from three different women. Jamie, I'd especially like to thank you for sharing your personal story as well. Since we talked, I'm happy to report I have good news to share. My rainbow baby girl is finally here. She was born in March, a Pisces like you ladies, which we love. And Chelsea, I know you'll be proud of me. For the first time ever, I started speaking to a therapist on a weekly basis who specialized in perinatal and maternal anxiety. It's been helpful to gain tools for helping myself de-escalate and relax in my times of spiraling, and I know that toning down my overthinking mind is good for both me and the baby, so I'm doing everything I can. The meditation thing I'm still working on, but I've come to love long walking meditations with my daughter in the stroller. Thank you again. I can't get enough of your podcast and still tune in every week. Keep doing what you're doing, Brooke. That's great. Yes. Isn't that awesome? Jamie. Jamie listens to every podcast, so yeah. Jamie, way to go, Jamie. You finally have contributed something to the world. <laughs> you you ladies got Brooke pregnant. Jamie's recently got kicked off of her own daughter's softball team because she's a, one of those sideline moms. <gasps> well, she didn't get kicked off, but they, she has to stop going to games for, for her daughter's mental health. She had to take a break. She's such, a, she's such an asshole at the games that she had to— st- Her daughter was like, she goes, I don't think I'm going to come to any games anymore, and her daughter's like, I think that's best. <laughs> Oh, no. I think that's best for, like, an 11-year-old. is so ridiculous. (laughs) She's so competitive. Oh, my God. I knew she really enjoyed going to these, but I didn't know it was like that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I guess, yeah. (laughs) We love you, Jamie. Uh, Well, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with some questions. Okay. 
Moms are more than the stuff they do for us. The laundry, cooking, and driving. And by the way, dad should be helping with that stuff too. She's got a whole life outside of motherhood. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best, and that's why Books is giving you 25% off your entire order of farm-fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Here's what's great about the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. Books has modern designs and unique flowers that you cannot find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mother. Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. So go to books.com and use promo code CHELSEA, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code CHELSEA. Probiotics can be a very important part of your daily routine. They certainly are part of mine, but sometimes uh, they're a hassle to take. So Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls are just what they sound like, adorable little pearls that couldn't be easier to take. They're tiny, but still pack a punch, supporting both digestive and vaginal health. With 1 billion active cultures, they protect against occasional bloating, constipation, and digestive discomfort. And they are designed with a triple-layer coating that protects each pearl from stomach acid, helping them survive the journey to your small intestine, where they're needed most. To learn more, visit naturesway.com slash pearls and use code CHELSEA10 at the checkout for 10% off any Pearl's probiotics. Terms and conditions apply. Valid through July 31st. And we're back. So our first caller today, Chelsea, is Lauren. She lives right here in California and says, Dear Chelsea, I am a child-free woman who has three adult stepchildren, ranging from 35 to 43 years old. I've been with my husband for 29 years. I've given my all to being a good step-parent, but my stepchildren expect a lot from me and don't reciprocate. They do nothing for me for Mother's Day or my birthday, but expect me to put on a Norman Rockwell holidays for them while they don't contribute or do so minimally. They also blame me, not their dad, when they don't get their way, such as when their dad and I visit my family for one of the holidays. I've grown resentful and don't want to be the family lightning rod anymore. I've tried to communicate with them, but it has not gone well. My thought is to disengage from them, but that would be tricky. My husband is supportive of me, but he too is at a loss of what to do. I'm again dreading the holidays this year, which really sucks. I would appreciate any advice you have. Thank you, Lauren. Hi. Hi, Hi, Lauren. Lauren. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Just hanging on by a thread like we all are during the holiday season. Yes. Truly. So you don't you it sounds like you don't have you're not looking forward to your holidays. <laughs> well, I I haven't the last few years and kind of been doing a lot of soul searching about letting other people decide what I'm gonna be doing kind of with my time and you know, kind of need to wanted to take back like the joy, you know, of it. And just feeling like sometimes you get kind of stuck into what like people think you should do. Mm. So, you know, there's a lot of expectations, which, you know, you've talked about with women about what we're supposed to be doing. And, you know, I'm a step parent and kind of always been responsible person with my family and others. How many stepchildren do you have? Three. Three. And how old were they when you guys got married? How old were the kids? 
Well, when I met my husband, we dated for quite a while, but they were 6, 11, 14, and now they're grown. So do they think of you as a parent figure? What's the dynamic like? Well, they do, but I feel like, and I know I'm never going to be like at the level of their parents, you know, I mean, I just feel like I'd take it for granted. It's not a big deal on my birthday or Mother's Day. They don't plan anything. They don't do anything. I mean, I might get flowers or something. And it's not that I want something, but, you know, just even saying, hey, let me take you out for a cup of tea or a glass of wine or something. And, you know, it doesn't have to be expensive. I don't, it's not that. It's just kind of like, Overlooked. You just don't Overlooked. feel like you're, yeah, yeah. You feel kind overlooked. Of, just like, just sort of like, I'm expected to do these things and, you know. And what of your previous conversations with them? You said they didn't go well in the letter. Like, give us an example. Tell us what happened. Well, it's kind of like they, when I've told them, I was talking to my stepdaughter about this Thanksgiving because there was a big blow up because she found out that we were supposed to go to my family and I had told my husband about it. And to be honest, you know, I probably could have communicated better and said, hey, you know, because I told him, hey, you know, tell them we're, we're going to be my family, but we're here for Christmas. And meaning they're not invited to the, your family's Thanksgiving? No, they could, but they they're not they, they they're not going to come. Okay. They're not going to make the effort to okay. get on a plane and go. And so they had Thanksgiving at our house with and, your husband and without you. Yeah. And they all really like stepped up and. Like they were calling it, they they were like, which they wouldn't do with me. They would just kind of assume that I was hosting the whole thing. And so they called my husband before I left and said, hey, yeah, so, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. You know, my husband's like, I'll roast the turkey. <laughs> he called me on Thanksgiving and asked how me how to do it. I mean, it's like... <laughs> Well, and specifically, Lauren, I know you said that even if it's hosted at one of the kids' house, they expect you to cook the entire meal and sort of throw throw the whole party. Well, yeah. They, going to my stepdaughter's house in another city, she said we can have it up there, but then I'm kind of expected to come up and they don't plan anything. I go to the grocery store and they're like, okay, what are we going to do? And so, and, you know, I think... I've kind of let it happen that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like you, yeah. So I take responsibility for that, but I'll throw out an email saying, what can you guys bring? And I don't hear anything until like a couple days before. And then it's like, okay, well, I don't know. You know, and I've said, then I have to kind of keep prodding them. And it's, it's just, yeah. It sounds like you haven't done a very good job of creating any boundaries, which I can relate to. I also am bad at creating boundaries, but you should, you sh- you need to. And clearly they stepped up and are capable of doing it in your absence so that they're, so now that you, you know, you can use Thanksgiving as a perfect example. Like you guys really stepped up over Thanksgiving. I would love for that to happen in Christmas and actually moving forward on all holidays. It's a lot of pressure on me to take care of everything. And you can also throw in there that you didn't appreciate spending Thanksgiving without your husband, you know? what I mean that's it's you don't have to spend every Thanksgiving with you know people split holidays all the time in divorces with their children especially the adults children I mean they're married they're going to go to their spouses at some point for Thanksgiving or Christmas you have to set a new set of rules like moving forward this isn't your only burden you're happy to have them all but you need help and you need them to contribute and you have to get better at communicating because you're not you're not I can tell that you haven't been yeah I I think I think that's fair and I 
at first was like, okay, well, you guys just decide what you're going to do for the holidays and let me know and I'll work around it. But then I realized, no, you know, that's not okay. And I want to spend at least one of the holidays with my husband. So I just said, you know, we're going to do every other holiday. And if you guys want to come out, you're always welcome, but you're going to have to make your own plans on that. And they did say after Thanksgiving, you know, I said, oh, it looks like you guys did a great job on all the food. And they're like, yeah, well, it just wasn't this, it was kind of hodgepodge. It wasn't, it wasn't as good as when you're there. And so, you know, in fairness, they kind of recognize and it's like, well, it doesn't have to be great. It doesn't have to be, you know, whatever. I just, you know, and so, yeah, I, I realize I have to get better at communing. And the more I've set the boundaries with them, I'm realizing it's coming back in with good results, both for them and and for me. It is. Yeah. And yeah. this is a perfect jumping off point. This is a perfect like turning point since you did opt out for Thanksgiving to spend it with your own family and they noticed your absence and the impact it had on the dinner. It's a perfect opportunity for you to go, okay, moving forward, let's all work together so that there's not, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm not responsible for everything because it's really hard to provide for everyone. You're talking about six people now, right? Are they all married up? Yes, or a significant other. Right. So, yeah, yeah so that's not yeah. on you. And you didn't have those fucking kids also. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, I'm so sick of step-parents having to do all this stuff. You know, it's enough. Where's their mother, by the way? Is she around? <laughs> Why don't they go be with her? Yeah, she lives on the other side of the country. They see her at other times of the year. Mm. So when's your next holiday together? Christmas? Yeah. I think to give you some like specific boundaries that you can set, whether you're hosting or someone else is hosting, I think is perfectly fair to say in advance, let them know like, hey, I'm going to make this one dish or these two dishes. And I would love for you guys to all bring something. Feel free to let me know what you're bringing or you can just bring something. But letting them know like the rest of the meal will be a group effort. It will be on them to bring some things as well. And the other thing is like no one can force us to do something without us actually doing it, right? Especially in this sort of circumstance where everyone expects you to lay out this beautiful meal, but like you are the one actually doing it. So on the day of, if it winds up being a hodgepodge, that's okay. You don't actually have to be the one to like step in and save the day and make the mashed potatoes and everything else. Let it be a little bit of a hodgepodge, but say like, hey, I want to take a little bit more of a backseat this year. I'm going to make the turkey and the stuffing or whatever your thing, your two major things are and say, would love for you guys to fill in the gaps with your other favorite dishes. And it's not a request. It's like, you know, that's right. what how it's going to be. Like you have to frame it in a yeah. way that it's not a, you're not asking, you're telling them. Yes. And then you don't do anything that you didn't say you were going to do. The way the boundary gets broken is by you then doing the thing you said you weren't going to do. Right. Right. So like, let it be a little messy. This is this is something I've learned with my with my in-laws is I'll be like, hey, here's how I think it should be done. And then when I'm ignored, I just have to be like, "Okay," And then it's a little messy. And guess what? Like everything is fine. Is it ideal? Maybe not. But it's fine. Yeah, I'm realizing because it's like I don't have that kind of energy that I used to have. Kind of the holidays have become like a day of work for me. It's like a work day. It's like not fun. And it's like preparing the day before and yeah. Listen, everyone reacts to boundaries initially like they're offended and then eventually it turns into respect. And it's not long after the first offense, like the feeling of offense. So mm-hmm. I would just, just set the boundary, send an email, put it together, and and also have a little bit more oomph about what you're going to fucking do and what you're not going to do. Don't let people take advantage of you. You have one life to live. Like, enjoy yourself mm-hmm. and make sure people are respecting you and you feel good about it because then you're going to have a much better experience too. Yeah. Looking forward to next year, 
people respond well to knowing what the expectation should be. So maybe there's some regularity you can do where it's like, okay, Thanksgiving, we always spend with my family, and Christmas, we always spend with your family, to your husband, to you, to the kids. And that can also be something that he's communicating. Yes, thank you. I, I really appreciate it, and I really love the podcast. Oh, thanks, Lauren. Get your shit together, okay, sister? <laughs> yes, okay. Okay. Be stronger. Okay. All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Annie says, Dear Chelsea, I want to start off by saying how much I look forward to your podcast every week to always bring a smile to my face. I'm writing in because my boyfriend of 10 years, yes, 10 years, keeps hinting at an engagement. The funny story is he's been hinting at it for so long now, it's starting to feel a little boy who cried wolf. We had our son in October of 2020, and I suffered from severe postpartum depression, anxiety, and rage. He was not supportive during my struggle, and I have a lot of resentment toward him because of it. I've been with my therapist for a little under a year now, and I'm working through all my postpartum issues. Through it all, whenever we argue, he tells me, and to think I bought you a ring and was going to propose. Oh, God. But I always thought he was bluffing. Recently, however, I was cleaning his side of the closet and came across a hidden area with a shirt crumpled into a ball. I lifted the shirt to fold it and found a jewelry box with an engagement ring inside of it. The thing is, I felt nothing. And then I felt irritated because of all the times he threw the idea of a ring in my face. He doesn't know I found it, and I'd like to keep it that way. But I guess what I'm asking is, where do I go from here? I love him, and I want our family to work, but I'm tired of being the forever girlfriend, or as his sister so lovingly refers to me, the baby mama. With the holidays looming, I fear the question is about to be popped. Any advice is so appreciated. Annie. I don't know. I think no one should get married. I mean, why legally bind yourself to any person? But when you have a child, it becomes a different issue, I think. Mm. Um, I don't know. It sounds like you should probably try counseling before you make any decision because him not being understanding of your postpartum depression is a big red flag. If he doesn't get that, right? Like, and, I mean, he needs to understand why he's not empathetic enough. And also saying, like, to think I was going to propose to you, that doesn't sound like a loving thing that any no, partner should ever say to someone. It's, no. That's gross. Mm -hmm. So... I would try counseling. I would try that with him. And if it doesn't work. And I think counseling, like, with the intent of, like, improving your relationship, not necessarily should we or shouldn't we get married. Yeah, don't put so much pressure on that. I've been talking to a new therapist who's, like, you know, talking about one of our main issues is, like, not trying to control the outcome of things, you know, mm -hmm. especially with relationships. Don't go into therapy thinking, like, we're going to fix everything. Go mm -hmm. into therapy thinking we're going to find out if we belong together, you know, like taking it moment by moment and figuring out, like, because whatever the result is, you're going to be okay. It's not going to be the end of the world if you leave your boyfriend. It's easier, actually, when you're not married to leave him. And I understand that you have a child together, but, like, your happiness is paramount. And if, you, if you've been going to counseling and you've been working on yourself, there's no reason he shouldn't be going also individually and together. Not with the idea that, okay, we're going to fix it and get married, with the idea that, okay, this is where we are. Let's talk about if we're compatible enough to stay together and work through these issues and survive together. And, you know, you don't have to throw it out right away, but it's good that you knew about the ring. You saw it. And it's good that he said that to you because it's that's an icky thing to say. And mm -hmm. that's one of the first things you should bring up in therapy. So. Now, if he does propose sort of over the holidays, no, would you, no. well, would you preempt it and be like, if you're thinking of asking... 
now is not the moment. Let's go get some couples counseling. Yes, I would definitely say if you're thinking about proposing to me, but it sounds like this guy's going to pretend he never. She could. You know what you should do? You should say, listen, I found the ring in the closet. I know you've mentioned to me a couple of times you were going to propose to me. If you are thinking about proposing, I don't think this is the time. I think we have some issues we have to work through. And I want to take the pressure off of you and me. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. the baby. We're dealing with some stuff. And let's try and do some couples counseling. And if after that we still feel like we have a relationship, then mm-hmm. we can talk about getting married again. But take it off the table. Because yeah. then that kind of takes the pressure out of the balloon or whatever. For <laughs> sure. Balloon. And also, like, that should be a boundary that you guys set up in therapy is, like, here are some specific things you're not allowed to say to each other. Brad and I have our specific thing, like, very specific lines of dialogue that we are never allowed to throw out in a fight. And this should be one of them. Because it he's like spoiled the idea of even getting married for you. So that's something to unpack, but not in a way of like, should we or shouldn't we in a way of like, this is a line of dialogue I would love to have just like, it's not allowed in our marriage or in our relationship. Great. Well, let us know what happens and jump into some counseling. Well, our next question comes from Jordan. We've got a bit of a New Year's question, Chelsea. Jordan is calling in and The subject line of his email is, everyone keeps falling in love with me. Dear Chelsea, I'm Jordan, 31, from Melbourne, Australia, and I'm queer. This past year has been a roller coaster. I ended an eight-year relationship, lost my father, quit my job to return to university, and had my dog pass away. So safe to say, it's been a huge year of change, growth, and self-discovery. I'm reaching out for relationship advice as we head into the new year. I ended my long-term relationship of eight years because I wanted more personal growth and a shift in relationship preferences, one being monogamy. Since then, I've unintentionally entered three more relationships, admittedly a lot in 10 months, despite my focus on self-discovery and avoiding commitment. All three I've ended breaking their hearts. While I'm enjoying my current phase of exploration, aka being a slut, I keep falling into these relationships, even though I know it's the last thing I want and need. Despite being open about my intentions and actively avoiding dating, it keeps happening. I'm a people pleaser and naturally connect with others, which might be contributing to this pattern. Any advice on how to break the cycle would be greatly appreciated. Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Hello. How are you? Hi. You can't stop making people fall in love with you? It is a bit of a problem. Well, can't you just keep your dick in your pants? No, I can't. I did for eight years in my relationship, which, you know, as I said in my letter, I'm now at a point in my life for the first time in my life where I actually like myself and I think mm. I'm quite attractive. So I want to be able to explore that. I, I, you know, I'm in a really good place with myself and and want to keep doing that kind of stuff, but then just keep falling into these, they are quite beautiful relationships with people, but knowing that it's really not something that I want or need at this time. Well, okay, so what, I mean, I'm all for, like, having fun affairs with people without getting too attached. I'm with you on that. But, so, when you start to get attached, what are you thinking? Why do you continue hanging out with them? Because you're just having a good time? Because, yeah, because it's really nice. I find myself having these connections with people where I can just fully be myself, where I feel really comfortable with them, where I have similar similar likes and we can do nice things together and we have great sex and and then I kind of get to this point where I'm like shit it's it would be really hard to kind of end this right now and I think I would really really miss it and then if I do kind of cut things off am I then just going to fall into the same thing with someone else 
Well, okay, so what's the problem with that? That that you're breaking everyone's heart? Is that your Well, I, well no, there's there's kind of multiple problems. It's that you know, I ended my 8-year relationship. One of the reasons why I did was because I really wanted to spend more time more time with myself and I wanted to have more independence and I wanted to be selfish and think about myself um, because, you know, being with someone for eight years, you always want to kind of put them first and you want to, you think about them a lot. And then all of the little relationships I've gotten gotten into this year, I find myself putting that other person first and then putting myself second. And I end up, I don't know, I end up almost frustrated or almost resenting them that I have to kind of put them first. And and they, I then will make an active decision where I say, you know, I'm not going to go dating anyone. I'm, I'm going to try and just have little flings on the side, maybe make some friends. And then just suddenly, suddenly it happens and I'm in another, I'm in another situation with someone. Okay. Well, this is all your fault. Like you, <laughs> you have to, you have to set a boundary with yourself because you're mm. bound. You can't follow your own. Like you have to decide, okay, if you don't want people to fall in love with you, if you don't want to break people's hearts and you're having like, you want to have a casual sex, like you have to be very clear, which I'm sure you're being, are you being clear up front? Like I'm not in this for a relationship. I am. And, and it made it even harder with my, with the, the last relationship that I had or the last longer one, which was, I think oh, seven or eight months was that I was pretty open throughout our relationship. And I said, look, I'm in a really tough place where I love you and have a great connection with you, but I also don't think this is what I want at the moment. Mm -hmm. But then the relationship kind of continued on, even though I was open about that. Uh, yeah. I think you have to be firmer with people. If you really are not mm -hmm. interested in pursuing a relationship with someone who is getting attached to you, the most compassionate thing you can do is to just cut it off. Unless you have no problem going through life, just breaking a bunch of people's hearts. I don't think like karmically, that's really what you want to do. What it sounds like you want to do is have a lot of casual sex with different people while getting to know yourself better. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know, but when mm. you, when you go out with someone multiple times and, 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 you know, like we all know when someone's more interested in a relationship than we are and mm. you should, you need to be like decent enough that when you recognize that you pull back and say, okay, let me cut this off now. Don't let mm. it linger on and on. Even when you've said it and they're like, okay, because listen, I've been on the receiving side of that. I'm sure you have too, where somebody's like, oh, I'm not looking for anything serious. And you think, well, they'll change their mind if, you know, mm. if, mm -hmm. if they don't see me for a while or mm. if, if, you know, with me, I'm different. Everyone thinks that they can change somebody. So if you stay with someone after you've told them that you're not serious, then that leads them to believe that they are changing your mind and that's just mm. making a bigger mess of things so yeah. the boundary that you you have is with yourself like you have to stop it you know make an amount like you're not going to see somebody more than three times so that nobody gets attached to anybody until mm. you're ready for an actual relationship and this way nobody can be that mad at you after three dates nobody's going to yeah. be like I was in love with you after three dates and if they are then that's ridiculous then anyway <laughs> yeah. you know? and I think that's what that's what my ex said as well when I when I broke up they were like you know I, I, I gave you the opportunity opportunity to leave and then I felt like that you were still in this and then it just kind of dragged on and on and I think a big part of me kind of staying in these things comes down to spending the majority of my life feeling really insecure feeling like I wasn't attractive feeling like I was unlovable and then I think suddenly having someone come in and be like this person really likes me multiple mm -hmm. people like me this is good I need yeah. to cling to this it's I think it's it's those you know 28 years or mm. 30 years of me feeling like 
I can't have that. I don't deserve that. And then suddenly it happens. And yes. I think I'm like, oh, it's happening. It's I know, happening. But it's a great example. Like, that's great. You People like you. So like, just, mm. you don't need others, people's validation of how special you are anyway. You do mm. because you've been dehydrated from it for your, from during your eight year relationship. My girlfriend is also experiencing this. She's dating somebody and he's all over her, like so considerate, making all these plans for her. And she's, and, and, and he's like, you know, so into her. And she's just like, I've never been treated this nicely and it's annoying. Like, I'm not attracted to it. And I'm like, oh my God. You know, it's so typical. But listen, you're attracting a lot of people. That's a great thing. Be respectful of other people and their feelings. And most importantly, respect yourself. Don't spread yourself so thin like this. Like, if you don't have the capacity for a relationship, don't lead anyone down that road. You know? And that's just yeah. a good way karmically for you to behave for, for when you are ready for your next relationship. And that, that way you're going to be treated with respect because you don't want someone coming into your life and messing with your emotions in that way. You, I mean, look how it made you feel for eight years. Absolutely. I think there's almost a sense of like, <laughs> almost a sense of FOMO as well when I meet these really beautiful people that mm. suddenly I'm like, oh, but then this person then won't be in my life and that'll be really sad. And then I'm missing out on that connection. Well, you can still have them in your life, just like not in a sexual way for a little while. And I think yeah. if there is someone that you can't stop thinking of six months down the road or three months down the road, then like that is your gut telling you to go back and explore something a little bit more. Mm, mm. And I think with the last eight-year relationship, I thought I could change myself. I spent the entire time being like, I don't think this is what I want, but I like this person. Therefore, I'm going to really try and change it. And I just got to the end and I was like, I, I really I really tried to change how I was feeling. And I just I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. Something I get a sense about from you is that you're very good at mirroring. And you talk about being very good at people-pleasing or that's like your mm. MO is people-pleasing. <sighs> and I do wonder, I wonder if you're seeing somebody, if you're seeing a therapist to sort of like unpack some of this because – Getting rid of the people-pleasing stuff to a healthy degree has been super life-changing for me over the last few years. Are you years. in therapy? Because now would be a good time to start. Yeah. This yeah, look, I've, I've, had a, I've had a pretty crazy year and I hadn't been working for a while. So income and money was a thing. And now I'm finally in a position or about to be in a position where I'm like, great, I can, that's top of my priority list. I need to talk about my shit yeah. because after, after everything that's happened this year, I've kind of been just pushing it all down and being like, I'm totally fine. And I just know that it needs to just mm -hmm. word vomit onto someone and really unpack it because I know that I... I know that there's a lot in there. That needs to yeah, and like think about your motivations for things too. Like, you know, what's your intention every time? It's good to take it down a notch. Mm. You're talking about getting to know yourself and then you're talking about getting lost in a bunch of other people. So those are two mm. conflicting ideas also. You know, if you really want to get in touch with yourself, you should slow it down and fuck the FOMO. It's not about missing out when you're trying to get to know yourself. It's about putting a deposit into your mental health for the future and for your future relationships. So be very mm. generous with your care for others and also be very generous with your care for yourself. Yeah, I think I do keep putting other people's feelings and emotions before my own when I get into these things. Yeah, but that can be a selfish act as well. Even though it sounds like selfless, it can actually mm. be a selfish thing yeah. when you're yeah. putting other people's because that 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 creates resentment, that creates all sorts of other emotions and it's kind of like you think like you're, you're being a drama. Yeah, it's a little dr like dramatic because you're mm. you're creating drama. Like I do all of this. Uh, like I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. You're kind of taking the responsibility off of yourself when it's your responsibility. You know. Yeah. So I think you need to get your head out of your ass a little bit. Get yeah. focused. <laughs> 
Get a good therapist and just mm. calm down a little bit. Just calm down. You don't need to fuck everybody. You can fuck a couple people. Don't get involved with anybody when you're not emotionally available. You want to have mm. a good time, go ahead and have it. That's all of you. And then spend some time alone. Spend quality time with yourself alone. Yeah. You mentioned that somebody you're dating has a primary partner and like maybe that's a good route for you right now is like not somebody who's going to be like, oh, my God, I'm falling in love. Someone who already has told you their boundary is that's my primary person. You're the side piece and kind of following that a little bit. Yeah, I think that's why I'm feeling a little bit more kind of comfortable with the one that's happening at the moment is because I know that it's, I don't know, I know that there's somewhat of a boundary there already from them. So it means that I can't track them down with me. Yeah. Well, Jordan, on a completely superficial note, I will say you are now very hot and uh, you don't need to worry that you're not anymore. Oh, God, thank you so much. Even at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. He's in Melbourne, so it's very early. <laughs> oh, rise and shine. Yeah. Well, I'll be there. Yes. I'm coming to Melbourne. I, I just announced my Australia dates. I saw I'll be moving to the Netherlands, though, in June, so I'm going to miss you and I'm really frustrated. Oh, you're moving to the Netherlands. Oh, there you go. Well, that'll be yeah. a nice switcheroonie, too. There you go. Yes. All right, Jordan. Keep us posted. Thank you so much. Thank okay, you. Okay. Bye. Bye. I mean, he is so good at mirroring. I think he and I are dating at the end of that call. <laughs> so I think we have time for like one more question. Dear Chelsea, I'm a 36-year-old woman with a great career, great family and friends and a kick-ass dog. The one thing in my life I can't sort out are my romantic relationships. I've been married and divorced, no kids, and been in serial long-term relationships for most of my 20s and 30s. I promised myself a year of celibacy and focusing on myself, and when that year was up in August, I dipped my toe back in the dating apps. I soon met my current boyfriend. We took it slow and after three months of dating are an official couple and very serious about each other. It feels great, healthy, and mature. Thank you, therapy. So what's the problem? My track record of relationship train wrecks has scarred my parents so badly they're no longer interested in meeting or getting to know this wonderful man I'm <laughs> now dating. Family. They, they were like, I, I remember once, one year, they're like, you're not allowed to bring friends or lovers home anymore. Not even friends. They hated all my friends. Damn. I'd always bring some gay guy home with me that would like ruin the, get so wasted or do something oh, terrible. Oh, no. Yeah. Suck all the air out of the room. Mm, I always come with one gay man. <laughs> my dad refuses to even hear anything about my dating life since he says he's sick of hearing about it. It should be noted that after his second divorce, I listened to and supported him through his many ill-advised rebounds, but I digress. My mom, who I'm extremely close to and love immensely, is normally inviting and eager to welcome any guest into her home, but she's told me she does not want my boyfriend to visit with me during the holidays. Her exact words were, I can't get close to someone when we both know it likely isn't going to work out. Ouch. I feel like the ultimate loser asshole whose entire family collectively rolls their eyes when they announce they're seeing someone new. Wouldn't surprise me if there's a when will Sarah shit the bet on this one pool. I'd made plans with my boyfriend for him to spend two days with me at my mom's house and have had now to call and uninvite him and explain that my own family thinks these things about me. I'm writing this letter after crying into my pillow like a little bitch after that conversation. I mean, who wants to be with someone even their own family thinks is such a loser? How can I cope with this and change my family's perspective? Is it even worth it? Are they right to set these boundaries? And am I being a huge baby about all of this? Help CNC. I know you'll give it to me straight. 
I would say to this that you should respect your family's wishes on this one. The only way to change your family's mind about you is to start changing your behavior. And by changing your behavior means not bringing someone to the holiday. Since that is your pattern, just don't. You already uninvited your boyfriend. Great. Or, you know, the new guy. And just respect your family's wishes and then show them a change. Like, if mm-hmm. you, if in six months you guys are still together, then you can introduce him. Don't prematurely introduce people to your family that they... Because because that's what you've done. And just show them over time by going to Christmas without him, you're showing that you're respecting their wishes. And that's the first step in saying like, okay, I hear what you're saying and I do want to make a change. And this is my first demonstration of that. Totally agree. I think the proof is in the pudding. And so hopefully next year when you guys are still together, then you say like, you show them like, hey, we've been together almost a year and bring them along then. I think that's all you got to do. Is this, a, this is a wait and see, but go have a great time for the holidays. And, you know, you can talk about how great your boyfriend is, but save your parents the heartache if there is. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully there won't be. Shabbat but, shalom. Yes. Well, Chelsea, this has been very fun, and I'm excited for you to spend some time up shushing in the snow. And Yeah, I have to get my birthday ready. So it's time to start brainstorming my birthday video. Yay, very exciting. Okay, thank you, everybody. We'll be back. We love you. Have a happy holiday, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks for all the um, favorite podcast DMs and mentions we got. And I love that we have so many fans everywhere. At all my shows on the road, everyone's always coming up talking about the podcast. So I really appreciate everyone listening all the time. I'm glad we have a community. Yeah, it's fantastic. And, you know, if you haven't left a, a, a review, go ahead and leave one. Leave a review or write a call in, you know, if you want advice. Feel free. Yes, please do. We always need callers. Chelsea, do you have some new dates for us? Oh, you know I do. You know I do. <laughs> I have a lot of, we added lots of Canadian cities. Canadians, I'm coming. We added... About 15 new tour dates. I'm coming to Denver again, Salt Lake City, Vancouver, Richmond, Virginia, Santa Rosa, California, Gary, Indiana, Baltimore, Verona, New York, and about seven dates in Canada. So go to ChelseaHandler.com. I am performing everywhere. I will be on tour all uh, for the rest of the year and through December. And then next year, I'm going to be touring all year. So come and get it, you guys. It's good times, and it's a very much-needed reprieve from all the fucking madness that's going on in this world. So I'm here to bring joy and sunshine. If you'd like advice from Chelsea, shoot us an email at dearchelseapodcast at gmail.com, and be sure to include your phone number. Dear Chelsea is edited and engineered by Brad Dickert, executive producer Catherine Law. And be sure to check out our merch at chelseahandler.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Probiotics can be an important part of your daily routine, and they certainly are a part of mine, but sometimes they are a hassle to take. Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls are just what they sound like, adorable little pearls that couldn't be easier to take. They're tiny, but still pack a punch, supporting both digestive and vaginal health. 
To learn more, visit naturesway.com slash pearls and use code CHELSEA10 at checkout for 10% off any Pearl's probiotics. Terms and conditions apply, valid through July 31st.